right. All right. We are back with episode 34 of Original Versus Cover. This is DJ Crystal Clear here at... Excuse me. <laughs> As it should be well, studio. It's been one of those nights and it hasn't worn off just yet, has it? <laughs> Too much Juneteenth celebration. Yeah, long weekend. Uh, very long weekend. I'm here with my engineer, Dr. Paul Bertolino. Whoa, yeah. In uh, his fabulous temperate studio today. The weather is perfect. It's a nice 72 degrees, a little breeze. It's like being in Northern California. Yeah. It's very nice. Uh, all right. Let's get it started with episode, episode number one. Jesus, I did drink too much last night. <laughs> Song number one. It's called California Dreamin' apostrophe. Uh, the original was done by a Barry McGuire. Uh, oh, do I have the thing here? Do I have it written down? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, I forget what, what the name of that. Oh, Precious Time. Sorry, that's the name name of the album. album. Precious Time, yeah. And it was 1963. Oh, his his version was 63. It was either 63 or 60. Well, it was written in 63, so it was either late 63 or 64. I thought I wrote it down, but I didn't. See, I was drinking too much. Um, And uh, the two covers I have are The Mamas and the Papas, from their album California Dreaming that came out in 1965 and Bobby Womack from the best of Bobby Womack The Soul Years that came out in 2008 Wait, so Bobby Womack just did it on a comp album? Uh, is it, it one was, of those? Is it one of those comp albums that has like a new track? And it, it was recorded between 68 and 76 It was a bunch of songs that he did Oh, and it probably covered. was just a single And they just slapped it And together. that's the album it came out on Yeah there. Because uh, I'd never, I looked through and I didn't see it on any, on any original record. Right. Now, Moms and Papas is uh, the album is uh, in your in your ear and out in your ear and oh, out the other side, side or whatever or the fuck it's called. Thing, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, if you can believe your eyes and ears, yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> in, in in your in your in, in your, your ear and out your rear your or whatever ass. the fuck yeah, it is. Yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so people may know Barry McGuire from his. Hit song, Eve of Destruction, which I hate. Yes, I don't like that I, song. I can't stand it. I'm not a, a Barry Maguire fan. Did he do any other songs that were famous? California Dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> That's I it. Underst- I understand. Just the two, yeah. So, um, it was written in 1963 by John and Michelle Phillips. They were living here in New York City during a very cold winter. And uh, she was missing California, and I guess she was whining about it, and then they wrote the song. Uh, He worked on tunes at night, and one morning brought her the first verse, and then they uh, put it together. So at that time, the two of them were in a folk group called The New Journeyman. Before, well, it evolved into the Mugworms. Before the Mugworms, yeah. Yeah. And um, they got their first contract... uh, meeting Lou Adler. He was running Dunhill Records at the time by Barry Maguire. So he helped get them signed. Barry Maguire, man, he had that, all he had was that one hit, but he was just like... All over the place. Yeah, he was like, everybody, yeah, he was like A-list for like three days. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For a weekend, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. And so when he recorded it first, you can clearly hear Michelle and John singing the backing vocals. It's like... They took the Mamas and the Papas track and then put his vocal on top of it. It's mm. very weird. Um, 
so uh, it was done with the wrecking crew. And uh, so Lou Adler was impressed by Michelle and John. And when they became the Mamas and the Papas, he had the lead vocal track re-recorded with Denny singing the lead and um, doing some BVs and stuff like that. And the world-famous alto flute being played by Bud Shank. <laughs> Bud Shank. Bud Shank. You know him. And apparently he improvised that whole thing. Oh, really? Yeah. They just were like, we need a flute. Get Bud in here. Just listen to the And thing. it was probably fucking one take. Yeah. Knowing how, knowing how that shit rolled back in those days. <laughs> yeah, it was one take and one and done. They gave him 75 bucks and told him to get the hell out of here. <laughs> here you go. Here's something people are going to be listening to for <laughs> ever generations to come. <laughs> There's your 50 bucks. Hit yeah, the bricks, yeah. kid. Uh, yeah. So, there's that. And the Bobby Womack version? Which I have not heard. You're in for a treat. <laughs> no doubt. Bobby <laughs> Womack is uh, is a mixed bag. He is super mixed bag. That yeah. dude has done some of the most craziest covers ever. I could do a whole episode on just his covers. <laughs> He's done so many, and of so many different genres and, and stuff, and yeah. He was a weird dude, Bobby Womack. Yes. A really weird dude. When did we see... What year was that we saw him at the Apple Store? <sighs> 2013, 13. something like that. It was I right mean, before. It was like we're talking months before he died. Yeah, right before he died, and he, who was playing? Who was doing the music? I don't even remember what was happening. I, what did he? He I, did an album with somebody, right? With some electronica sort of right person people. Uh, wasn't it like uh, the dude from? Uh, oh. <laughs> Uh, it was it was the guy with the guitar, you know, guy. the one the one with the hair and the nose, yeah, um, the face, no, the face. Um, oh, I, I almost want to say is what's his name from Gorillas and and but no, it wasn't him. Oh, you know what? Was it him? It was him. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it was the Gorillas dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not gonna try to to, to search our <laughs> brains right now for right his now name, for even though we cabinet. do know. Yeah, but it was yeah, it was the Gorillas. Okay, okay. yeah, yeah, and it was really cool. I thought, I thought he was. It was a, yeah, it was fine. It was just I was just there to see Bobby Womack. Womack. I wasn't even really interested in that. Yeah, it, it was turned out not being you know not being terrible. <laughs> but the thing I remember the most about him was that he painted his fingernails with black nail varnish, and right. I hate that. Dude's a rock star. That's what I you can't do. stand that. Ugh, it's so gross. I don't care what color you are. When you paint your nails black, it makes you look like a chimpanzee. I really hate it. <laughs> and I don't like guys in nail polish. That makes me nuts. But that's just me. All right, so now we're going to listen to these and come back with a winner. <laughs> Eesh. All the leaves are brown. And the sky is gray.
Jesus fucking Christ, the, the Barry McGuire version. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Are we well, back? Yeah, we're back. <laughs> so. Oh, fuck. I mean. <laughs> okay, well let's let's get to, let's get to to the obvious. Yeah, M- moms and papas win. Uh, shoot to the stars with that trophy. Mm-hmm. But you know Big what? Time. I don't think the the Bobby Womack version is bad. I like it. I, I like it, was, it. I thought it was pretty good. But yeah. yeah, it's another one of those things where like as good as that cover is, it can't touch. Yeah, moms yeah, and moms papas. and papas is going to take it. Yeah, and fucking Barry McGuire. It's it's like like he got a it just sounds like a, a karaoke I mean, track. It's like some right? guy who can't fucking sing, some truck driver who can't sing. He sounds like Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> All the leaves are brown <laughs> and the sky is gray. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah, and then really it terrible. goes from that to like Eve of Destruction. Uh, what? Well, in Eve of Destruction, he he does the same voice. Yeah. Ugh. But that's the only so. way he knows that. It's just yeah, he just sounds like. A cranky like a construction old worker, <laughs> you know. Somebody yeah. thrust a microphone in front of him. Sing a song. <laughs> All right, I gotta sing a song. God damn it! Yeah. I'll sing a song like you pansies like songs being sung. I'll sing a song. <laughs> What's this California dreaming hippie shit? Yeah. Uh, brown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah, that's terrible. I like the Bobby Womack too, and to me, that is. Um, it's kind of like. It's a like a concession that black singers made back in that time period, the '60s, where they would try, they would, they were, they were trying not to be a sellout, but they wanted to prove that they enjoyed these white people songs, kind of thing. Oh, is that what it was? I just thought they were like, well, hell, <laughs> this is where the money's at. Do do a Beatles song. Well, Fuck it, you yeah, know? but it's like it wrote a line because my parents. You know what I mean? Like, during that time period when I'm a little kid, they weren't buying that kind of Bobby Womack. They were buying... Legit Bobby Womack. Legit Bobby Womack. Right. But they also liked The Who and The Beatles. Oh, yeah, yeah. My mom did, for sure. I mean, my father was more jazz and all that stuff. Yeah. But, um... But then it's like, how many white kids were running out buying Bobby Womack's covers of... Well, there was just... There was so much of that, not just... You know, not just black artists. There were just so many artists. You know, like you have yeah. Tony Bennett, you right. know, doing something or whatever, tr- thinking that's going to get them hits. And it's like, that doesn't work, work. that way, man. People yeah. are going to go, oh, you're doing something by the Beatles, therefore we're all going to buy your record. It's right. Just, it's, there's more to it than that. It's so weird. Yeah. <clears throat> but I love that Bobby Womack. I might have to do an all Womack show. All right. So, yeah, Mamas and the Papas win that. All right. Song number two is Standing in the Shadows of Love. And that was done by the Four Tops from their album called Reach Out in 1967. And I have two covers for this. I have Barry White, which was done in 1973 from his album called I've Got So Much to I Got So, much, got to so give. much to Give. And then the second cover is by Rod Stewart. It came out in 1978 from his album Blondes Have More Fun. So... The Four Tops. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> yeah, this is just... Holland, Dozier, Holland, magic. You can't touch it. Well, also, Amazing I mean, vocal. you know, Barry White, great. Rod Stewart, great. But come on. Yeah. Come on. I mean, granted, we haven't listened to it yet, but I mean, this is just <laughs> one of those where it's obvious. like, you know, sight yeah. unseen. Yeah. It's, yeah. 
<laughs> the other two are good, but it's it's no four tops. So you're gonna listen to them now and then pick a winner. with you know the soul and rb artists of the early 70s doing cover always doing covers and doing like fucking 10 minute versions like you got barry white you got isaac hayes you know doing simple six three minute pop songs and turning them into like epic in a gotta devita <laughs> opus shit. Yeah. yeah i think particularly with those two isaac and barry because they were you know composers right well yeah uh, they had to flex that muscle. They, they were flexing like crazy. <laughs> like crazy. And when you have amazing bands that are going to crush that shit, well, that's what you get. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that, Which is, of course, where Prince was coming from when he starts giving you shit like 1999. And, and yeah, yeah, Lady Cab Driver and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it took three minutes and 45 seconds to get to the beginning of the vocal, which was just as groans. groaning and but <laughs> but it was groaning uh it went up the scale it was like oh, oh. 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it was highly musical groaning. Yes, and then yeah, and then you get Rod Stewart who just bam right in there. He's just Rod Stewart. He's Rod Stewart. You know, okay. It was very. If you listen to it closely, it's it's it's. Do you think I'm sexy? Yeah, what's well, from the same album? Yeah. It's so from, I'm just yeah. like. Well, you know, okay. Obviously, the four tops win. Yes. That's. That we may as well not even say that. Right. Uh, but I'd say Rod Stewart loses because. Yeah, I think you know Barry's. If it was cut down to size, would be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Rod Stewart, I don't really like his version, but one thing that struck me is like, damn, his voice sounds fucking great on this. Yeah. I mean, you know, his voice is great, but anything else about it is like, eh. eh. Whatever. Yeah. It's like, yeah, his voice was really great. Yeah. What year was that? 1980? Oh, 1978. 79. Yeah. 78 or 79. 78. Yeah, yeah he was in uh, top form. I'll say. Good old Rod the Bod. All right. Song number three. I think you're going to like this, Paul. At last! <laughs> Song number three is Crazy Horses. Oh, shit. Yeah! Uh, done by the Osmonds, the original version, from the album called Crazy Horses in 1972. And I only have one cover of this. Did you know that there were any covers of this? I, I know of at least one. Yeah. It's probably not the one I'm going to pick. <laughs> but I will say that uh, it's been covered by a lot of bands that I've never heard of before. Like the Sensational Alex Harvey Band. Oh, Sensational Alex, Har- Alex Harvey Band, yeah. Oh, I do know about them. Uh, the Mission, Tank, Lawnmower Death, D-E-T-H. <laughs> he was very in for underground bands in the early 90s to do this song. Okay. Neil Morse, Mike Portnoy, The Frames... Electric Six, Pretty Maids, Tiger Tails with a Z, Butcher Babies, and The Golden Geese. Okay, well, never heard of them. Well, I'll, see, I'll hear what you. I'll hear which version you have before I mention the one I was thinking of. All right, the version I chose is the one by KMFDM. Oh. From their oh. album Godlike that came out in 1990, yeah. Shout out to Andy Black Sugar, <laughs> our friend who is in KDMFDM <laughs> 90210. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So it's probably Andy's guitar that we hear on this thing. Well, I, well, I don't know. When was that recorded? 1990. Oh no, oh, Andy was, was in the band. Him? Oh, okay. He only was in, has been in the band for like maybe the last four or five. Oh, years. F- oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. I can't keep. Up with him because yeah. he's Blondie or he's in everything KMFDM or whatever. Andy Black Sugar, look him up. He's an amazing guitar player. Uh, all right, so are you familiar with KMFDM and their Steez? Uh, yeah, sort of. I know you don't want to be, but you've heard it. I, I mean, you know, I, I'm I, I think I kind of imagine it more than I really know it. I imagine it's probably electronic goth. <clears throat> Kind of ding 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 ding. Yeah, ding. yeah, I mean you know it's just I don't I don't have to hear it. <laughs> yes. You know, no more calls, please. We have a winner. <laughs> All right, so Crazy Horses is a 1972, god damn, 72, hit single by the Osmonds, the title track from the album of the same name. The song, the only hit record from the Osmonds to feature Jay as the lead vocalist. Because mm. there were how many were there? Eight, uh, five, eight. six. Well. Depends on, well, how many were actually in the band, because there were, there oh. were more than what were in the band. Right. 
Um, but like on the Andy Williams show, it was. Oh, but I think five that's the thing. I think it was like four or five, and then then they got in. Then Donnie, Donnie was like the new guy, new one, right? Because he know? was super tiny. Yeah. And then as he got older, because the oldest one is like a hundred years older than Donnie Osmond. Right, but I think the oldest one, the, the oldest like. two brothers, were never in it. Were, oh, were never were never performers. Like one of them actually, I think, was born deaf. Oh, word. Oh, I okay. think, or something like, or or has. You're hearing issues like it was yeah some issue where like the two oldest brothers just were never involved no, in that not. that end of things oh. who knows they probably they're probably all business yeah could be um it reached number 14 on the u.s billboard hot 100 chart and number two in the uk singles chart i always thought that album cover was really weird it yeah. made no sense for people who don't know this album cover it's them in a junkyard right yeah with different costumes on. Well, they they they're wearing. Oh yeah, they are wearing different costumes. W- one of them actually has a mechanics outfit, outfit on, on, but they but, don't all. But one like, of one them of is like a chauffeur and like a soda jerk with the hat. Yeah. And the white coat and something else. It's very weird. I don't understand it. Um, and the perspective of the photo reminds me of Tommy. The end of Tommy. Yeah. When they're running through This is like a car. mountain of, of cars. Smash cars, yeah. Yeah. Very weird. Um, so, for people who are not familiar with this song, you better get on it. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know it, you're going to be surprised. You're going to be surprised. You need to listen to it. So, Merrill, and I'm not sure where he falls in line, <laughs> he said of the song, I mean, he's one of the older ones, Before that, my brothers and I had been what's now called a boy band. All our songs were chosen for us by the record company, but now, having been successful, we wanted to freak out and make our own music. We were rehearsing in a basement one day when Wayne started playing this heavy rock riff. I came up with a melody and Alan got the chords. Within an hour, we had the song. I had always been the lead singer, but I sang Crazy Horses with Jay. The line, what a show, there they go, smoking up the sky, had to be sung higher. So I did that, and Jay did the verses because his voice was growlier. And this track was heavier than anything we'd ever done. <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's no bullshit. That's no, <laughs> yeah. Meryl Osmond also added that the record company initially was skeptical the song would be successful but relented when it performed well in the charts particularly in the UK where it proved to be a breakthrough for the quintet as well as much of the rest of Europe <clears throat> and then Jay Osmond says the song was recorded at MGM in Hollywood and we had we added that distinctive wah wah intro sound afterwards Alan had written the lyrics which talked about horsepower and said it's got to sound like a horse somehow we tried everything, then finally found something on Donnie's organ that sounded like a neighing stallion. So a lot of people think that it's a theremin. That's what I used to think. Well, there's it also a little strip. Some of those keyboards, they have those little strips that you exactly. s- slide your finger on. Yes. Yeah. So it was a YP-30 Yamaha organ with a portamento slide. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, we had a wall of marshals in the studio. It was so loud that you couldn't even walk in the studio, so we had to play the organ from the control room. <laughs> My brother Alan actually played it on the record. I played it live. But the secret to it was a wah-wah pedal. We opened the wah-wah just enough to get that really harsh kind of a piercing sound, but it was the loudness of the marshals that got us that sound, and then we doubled it. That was the secret to the sound. Ooh. Yeah. 
All right. Now the secret is out. Now you know. Now you know. But yeah, yeah, that's that's like a straight up, like riffy, heavy, like. It's pra- like, it's practically Led Zeppelin. Yeah, it's a heavy metal song. Yeah, from these sweet and innocent, young and no whatever, uh, kids from Utah. Yeah, um, the KMFDM, ABCDEFG, is exactly what you said earlier. Electronic goth. Yeah. And yeah. I bet I know what the voice sounds like. <laughs> There's a message floating. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we're going to listen to these and uh, choose a winner. There's a message to All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I can see why they would cover it. Yeah. yeah. I get it, but it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Osmonds yeah. obviously win that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, of course. The controversies around that song when it came out. Oh, it's about marijuana. Oh, it's about drugs. Ah. Crazy horses. Horses. About heroin. heroin. Yeah. yeah. And it was not. It was about automobiles and horse, the cover. horsepower. Yes. So there's that. Yay, Osmonds. All right. Song number four is called Whole Lot of Love. And that was done by Led Zeppelin from their album Led Zeppelin 2. That came out in 1969. And I have two covers for this. The first cover is done by King Curtis and the Kingpins. It was a single only released by Atco Records. And it reached 64 on the Hot 100 and number 43 on the R&B chart. And a live version was recorded at the Fillmore West that was included on his 1971 album called Live at Fillmore West. Uh, people who don't know King Curtis, he's an amazing sax player. That was his steez. So it's an instrumental. Uh, and then my second cover is done by Tina Turner ah. from her 1975 album Acid Queen. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, which was released by United Artists. Her version reached 61 on the Billboard R&B chart and number 45 on the Record World R&B chart. Record World, that's something you don't hear anymore. Um, so, the original... Uh, it's another example of Led Zeppelin being rip-off artists. Uh, they were adapted from Willie Dixon's You Need Love. recorded Inspired by. Inspired by. <laughs> um, that... Uh, was recorded by Muddy Waters in 1962. Originally uncredited to Dixon, a lawsuit in 1985 was settled with a payment to Dixon and credit on subsequent releases. And if you want to get the full dirt on that, go to Wikipedia, because it's always a soap opera with these Led Zeppelin kids stealing shit. Yeah. Uh, sorry. It's ridiculous. Um, so, yeah. We're going to... It's, uh, everybody knows a whole lot of love. Led yeah. Zeppelin. I yeah. mean, come on. You've probably heard it. Yeah, mm, sort of popular with the kids. Uh, I doubt people have heard the King Curtis version, and I doubt that they heard Tina Turner. So we're going to listen to them and then pick a winner. You need Gee, I wonder who wins. Who is going to win? Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. obviously Led Zeppelin, but I will say that, you know, Tina Turner Tina sounded good. I like her version was cool and everything. It's just, uh, you know. Yeah. Come on. Three-minute <laughs> intro. Oh, well, yeah, there's that. But, I mean, but once, it starts once you rolling. get into the meat and potatoes of it, I mean, you know, she sounds great. Yeah. It's, uh... I think that she was still feeling herself after working with The Who um, for, with Tommy. You know right. what I mean? Well, she was definitely 
always kind of getting. She was she was into a lot of rock stuff. Like oh. the whole the whole reason they were doing rock stuff in Ike and Tina is because she was bringing right. it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely, she was always doing rock stuff. Um, but this in particular, especially this vo- her vocal here, I just feel as though she was still like riding that wave. I mean, she named the fucking record Acid Queen. Yeah. Wait, so, what's the year on that album? 76? 75. Oh, 75. Oh, it was the same year. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's sexy. It's Tina Turner. You know, it's Tina Turner. Uh, the King Curtis instrumental. Well, you know, it's just jazz sax over <laughs> yeah. the guitar riff. Right. Yeah, it's like, which... It's not. Two great tastes that don't taste great, <laughs> great together. together. <laughs> <laughs> they cancel each other out, sort of. Kind of, yeah. Because uh, the guitar, I mean, the it's great. It's smoking. It's fantastic. But his his sax isn't even up high enough in the mix. It's kind of in the background. Yeah. It's weird. I'm sure it was better live, I'm sure. It was funky, and she's funky sexy, but Led Zeppelin wins. Whoa, yeah. Whoa, yeah. All right. Song number five is Burning Up by Madonna (laughs) from her debut album, Madonna, that came out in 1983. And the cover that I have is done by Mike Watt. Oh, from Firehose. From from Firehose. And... And from the Stooges. Yes. He was in the la- the, the Latter-day, Latter-day Stooges. Latter-day Stooges. Um, but it's not just him. Uh, it's with Chicone Youth. Mm. Right. And this is from so the... So it's basically a Sonic Youth thing. Yeah. So this is from the Whitey album <laughs> that came out in 1988. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, it's his original demo with them making all this fucking noise in the back. So people who don't know who Chicone Youth is, it's Sonic Youth. And they did a cover album of Madonna songs, essentially. And the breakout was um, Into the Groovy, where they had her sample in it, and it's Thurston Moore and... What's Kim it? Gordon. Kim Gordon. All this weird echoey guitar shit, and then you hear do 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 sweet sensation and it's a hot mess. Yeah. I kinda like it though, because it is such a mess. But uh and that's the only Sonic Youth I like. I can't stand Sonic Youth. It's Sonic Youth doing Sonic Youth? No. No, thank you. Doing this, I'll take it. Uh, yeah. So Madonna, burning up. I mean, you know. Well, it's a. Big... It's, that's my favorite Madonna song. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. It's a great song. And you yes, know, I have a favorite Madonna song. Folks. He does. Yes. I, I'm not. I'm not going to explain any further. Please pick yourselves up off the floor. Yeah. <laughs> he does. And uh, yeah, it's sassy ass Madonna versus. Some rich kids making noise. So we're gonna hear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're gonna hear these two, and uh, and negate somebody.
to the chorus yeah no point madonna wins yeah and scene i i have chosen madonna as winner how many times <laughs> now on this fucking show <laughs> not this episode but just over the course of your podcast A i lot. mean madonna just i'm just giving her the props left and right you are yeah well <laughs> yeah god that was awful well yeah it, it more pointless i almost than awful yeah I mean, usually Sonic Youth is awful. This was merely pointless. <laughs> <laughs> Point, yes, pointless uh, overrides awful. Why would you even bother to do this? What is the point of it? For yeah. what? Just because you can, I guess? I guess, you know, they're, they're artists, man. They're yeah. trying to understand. And they had money to fuck around and do whatever they wanted. Yeah. Fuck you, Sonic Youth. All right. <clears throat> the last song of this episode, number 34, is Get This Party Started. And it's a song by Pink from her album Misunderstood that came out in 2001. And I have one cover of this by the unbelievably amazing Shirley Bassey from her album called Get the Party Started that came out in 2006. Well, shit. I know. And just wait. Just you wait. So, Pink. Uh, was this her first album? No, it's not her first album. No, it's not her first album. But this was a huge hit for her. Get this party started. You could not swing a dead cat without hearing this song. It was on MTV every five seconds. It was all over the TV. Big, big hit. And it was written and produced by Linda Perry. Uh. Oh. <laughs> Everybody's now we know what's up. Favorite songwriter. Um, the two of them are an unbeatable team, I gotta say. She's written a ton of hits for her. So. Uh, yep. Oh, my ride is Again, back. you know, they keep coming back to check if you're ready to go. Damn it. Uh, yeah, did you ever hear this song? Maybe. You, uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I, I don't mean, know. not on purpose. You might have heard it in a supermarket or something because it's turned into that now. And then Shirley Bassey. Ah! I, I didn't know she was fucking still alive, let alone <laughs> doing this. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I mean, uh, next you're going to tell me there's a fucking Mae West version of this. <laughs> oh, you didn't hear it? It was in Sextet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Shirley Bassey blows the roof off the sucker. She sounds amazing. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's incredible and such a great song for her to pick to sing it's great so uh we're gonna listen to these and then pick a winner 
Linda Perry must just have been tickled to death <laughs> that this happened. Tickled Tickle pink, pink, as it were. <laughs> but that fucking pink track, I, I, I've probably heard it, even listening to it just now, I'm, I'm not like, oh yeah, that. It just, it sounds like a TV commercial. Yeah. It just, like, I just, it just sounds like a, a TV commercial. It's like, okay, what, what is this selling? Right. Yeah. Uh, in this case, it's selling Pink's ass, but you know. <laughs> and I think it was used in at least one commercial. Yeah, it had to have been. I mean, and I don't, and it isn't even that. It isn't like, oh, well, yeah, it sounds like that because that song, like, no, it sounds like a, a hundred fucking different yes. TV commercials that just do that exact thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that we're probably doing that thing before that song. Oh, I don't yeah. think that song invented that sound. Oh, hell no. No. That sound is very, you know, late 90s, early aughts, for yeah. sure. And Party, you know, I, yeah. It, that song was ran into the ground, under the ground, to the core of the earth. Ugh. She was on every award show, every, every place. And, <clears throat> yeah, it was ubiquitous, as the kids say. But that Shirley Bassey... Hachi Hachi. <laughs> <laughs> and Shirley Bassey wins. Yes. I, I give it to I mean, you know, I'm not that into that version, but there's a whole list of reasons to choose that one over the pink version. It should be a James Bond theme. She turned yeah. it into a James Bond theme. Basically, yeah. So great. It's cinematic. It, yes. Super cinematic. The strings, the bombast. Oh, my God. So great. Yeah, Shirley Bassey wins. Hands down. Hands the fuck down. Sorry, Pink. And yes, Linda Perry was tickled pink. More money for her. Well, uh, well, when I said that, though, I mean, obviously money, but I mean, I honestly, oh. even beyond that, like she must have been like, holy shit, shit. you know? Yeah, you that know. would be amazing to have Shirley Bassey sing a song that you wrote. Incredible. All right. Ooh, excuse me. That is the end of episode number 34. Coming at you from As It Should Be Studios in Crooklyn, New York. Thank you, Dr. Bertolino. Yeah, and uh, we'll see you soon with episode thirty-five of Original Versus Cover. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends, spread the word, send in suggestions. You can email me at djcrystalclear at me dot com, and that's crystal and clear with C's, not K's, because I'm old and I spell things correctly. Uh, yeah, so that's it. Thank you for listening, and happy motoring, everybody. It's me, DJ Crystal Clear, here with another episode of Original Versus Cover, episode 33. 
and we're here on a beautiful June day before the longest day of the year. I'm here at the world famous As It Should Be Studios with my engineer extraordinaire, Dr. Paul Bertolino. Whoa, yeah. Whoa, yeah. And, um, yeah, so let's just get into it. Song number one is called Jim Dandy to the Rescue. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, think, I think we've discussed this recently. Yes, we did. And uh, the original was done by Laverne Baker in 1956 from the album called Laverne Baker. Oh, imaginatively titled. <laughs> yes. And uh, the cover... The only cover that matters, sort of, ha- uh, was done by Black Oak, Arkansas. Oh, does that cover matter? <laughs> from the album called High on the Hog in 1973. So, the story behind Jim Dandy as a person, uh, or the song, was written by a man named Lincoln Chase and was first recorded by Laverne Baker in 1955 and it reached the top of the R&B chart at 17 the pop charts and all that jazz here in the United States and um, it was named one of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 songs that shaped rock and roll and was ranked at 352 on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time but I don't know what year that happened because they do those things all the time so the song is about a man called Jim Dandy who rescues women from improbable or impossible predicaments kind of like Dudley Do-Right and um, it was so popular that he wrote a second song for Laverne Baker called Jim Dandy Got Married <laughs> <laughs> well Peggy Sue can do it so can Jim Dandy why can't Jim Dandy yeah. and I've never heard that the follow up which I find interesting so um Tenor saxophone solo by Sam the Man Taylor, who, if you don't know who he is, look him up. And the drummer on that session was Panama Francis, another killer session drummer who played on every fucking thing back then. Uh, The song was featured in uh, the John Waters film Pink Flamingos Ah. uh, at a really interesting uh, part of that. So... Laverne Baker's version, it's typical doo-woppy. Tommy would love this. Tommy loves this. Call and response. Um, she had big, brassy voice. And to me, this song was a burner because they would play it at a very fast tempo quite often. And there's like a plinky piano in the back. The drums are up front. The backing vocals go along with the bass, which is very prominent. And it's only two minutes and ten seconds. All right. So it's pretty hot. Uh, the cover by Black Oak, as one of my friends in elementary school used to say, Arkansas. Oh, Jesus. Hey, well, you got to distinguish. It's not their Kansas, <laughs> it's, it's ours. It's our Kansas. Yeah. Um, hi and hug, yeah. So the singer, who called himself Jim Dandy, his real name, last name was Mangrum. Jim Mangrum. <laughs> Well, I could see why one would need a name change. <laughs> change. You know, it's like being born Mellencamp. What are you going to do? Uh, so he changed his name to Jim Dandy after they first covered the song. And the woman who sings on it doing the, the call and response, her name is Ruby Star. So we're going to listen to these and then come back with what I think would be an obvious winner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the decision has already been made. <laughs> yeah. Yeesh. Um. Jim Danny, go Jim Danny, go Jim Danny, Jim Danny on 
so we're back. So uh, the winner obviously is Laverne Baker. Oh wait, what? Oh. <laughs> what? Hands down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that. Have you ever seen video of Black Oak, Arkansas doing that? Uh, I have, um, and then it always turns out to be early Van Halen videos. Boom. <laughs> it always turns out, oh, wait, that's David Lee Roth. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, like, Jim Dandy is doing his thing, which, you know, is what it is, and then David Lee Roth is basically aping that. that. Doing it better. Yes, much better. Like, much a thousand better. times better. Times I'll give him better. that. Yeah, but he's got yeah. the long hair, and he's skinny, and a hairy chest. You know, so. ass, you know, chaps showing his ass and the yes. whole thing. In fact, my dad <laughs> used to go see them. Really? Not Van Halen, but Black Oak, Arkansas. Arkansas, Arkansas really? And I remember him, wow. it, you know, some moment when he was trying to actually, like, you know, uh, connect with me and talk. Oh, and, uh, and I'm talking about going to see them back in the 70s. Yeah, I used to go see them, Black Oak, Arkansas. I remember, and Jim Dandy. So when I think of Black Oak, Arkansas, I just think of that. It makes me think of him because it's the only band he really ever talked about. about. Yeah, you know, Pablo Cruz, I guess he mentioned sometimes. You know. Pablo Cruz, yeah, wow. You know. <laughs> My goodness. My dad wasn't a music person. <laughs> Anybody who likes Black Oak, Arkansas, Pablo Cruz, and not much else. Yeah, that's you know. a pretty interesting spectrum. Yeah. Um, what uh, Did they, Black Oak, Arkansas, did they ever have another hit song? Uh, I say I always think Smoking in the Boys' Room was them, but it's not, is it? No. That's, that's Brownsville Station. Brownsville Station, I yeah. was, But I kind of conflate them. You know, they're kind of all, they mix together as one kind of thing in my head, you one know. One big, awful thing. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, Black Oak, Arkansas, give me a break. Uh, you kids out there in podcast land, Google them and look at the videos of them performing live, because it's a sight to behold. All right, song number two is Borderline by Paul's favorite Chanteuse Madonna. <laughs> from her debut album, Madonna, that came out in 1983. And I have two covers for this. The first cover is by one of your favorite bands, The Flaming Lips. Boy, this is, this is, this is, this is, just, this is just one joy after another. another. It gets better. Um, <laughs> it could only. It could only. It could only. Um, the Flaming Lips with Star Death and the White Dwarfs, as if it wasn't enough just to be... The flaming lips. That's 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 the ultimate. That that that, that screams them. <laughs> yes. If, oh. And the second one is by Jody Watley. Well, from, from her the two, least egregious of everything her, mentioned so far. From her 2006 album, The Makeover. Now I could have shoehorned Duffy and Counting Crows in here, but I figured you're uh, suffering you, but enough. But you're having mercy. <laughs> I'm being very beneficent. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So uh, yeah. So the original by Madonna. It's Madonna. You know, it was when she was using her high squeaky sort of voice. She was young. And uh, it was a very popular video. Kind of, uh, it raised some hackles because her boyfriend in the video was Latin. You know, either uh, Puerto Rican or Dominican, whatever. And everybody's like, oh my god, yeah. Um, everybody knows this song. Borderline. Yeah. Very popular. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> See, that's it's how, how amazing of a song it is. That's so much to say about <laughs> it. Is, uh, well, me, it's not. I mean, I could go over the chart stuff or whatever, but I don't care. Uh, <laughs> Makes two of us. <laughs> <laughs> I really. It's not one of my favorite songs by her. Yeah. It's okay. It's it's all right. If I'm gonna, if I mean, you know, as it's as everybody knows, I don't like Madonna. But if I'm gonna do 
if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be okay with a Madonna song, it's generally gonna be something early. Yeah, and this is not hitting it for me. Other stuff off of this was better. Um, so yeah, the Flaming Lips with Star Death and the White Dwarves. It, <laughs> <laughs> it's what you'd expect. Shit. Uh, yes, and uh, uh, yeah, right. and the Jody Watley is. Uh, Probably also what you expect. Yeah. Especially for 2006 Jodie Watley instead oh. of like 1998. I didn't know there was such a thing. Jodie Watley, yeah. she She's still making records. I don't know how recent, but it's, she never stopped. Okay. You know, good for her, I say. Um, so the Flaming Lips, Lips thing starts out as this... It's... Uh, you just have to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's indescribable torture. It's indescribable, torture. yeah. <laughs> indescribable <A little> torture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, okay, please explain to the people where that comes yeah, from. Yeah, that's, that's for the Monkees fans to know and for the rest of you to find out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. <clears throat> and the Jody Watley... Uh, yeah. All right, we're going to listen to them and then <laughs> pick which one is the least egregious.
I don't wanna be a prisoner So baby, won't you set me free? Stop playing with my heart Finish what you start When you make my love come down If you want me, let it show Baby, let me know Honey, don't you fool around Just try to Well, lightning strikes twice. <laughs> I fucking choose Madonna. <laughs> oh my god! <gosh. laughs> well, dog. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, that flaming lips, star death, white dwarves thing. What is with it's Wayne Cone Coin, whatever the fuck his last name is? <sighs> you couldn't hear the vocal at all. Oh, was much. there a vocal there? There was. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I couldn't hear it. It was completely underneath all that mizagosh. Well, I guess that's for the best. I mean, All if there's anybody whose vocal I don't want to hear. Here's his. Yeah. Yeah, you can just barely hear it. And it's like an echo back there. It's really weird. <sighs> Flaming Lips with two other weird bands. Or I don't know, whoever they are. I don't know. And I've said before, Wayne, Cone, Coin, whatever. Um, I do like the one Flaming Lips song, Do You Realize? Oh, right. The the television commercial song? Yeah. <laughs> and I like it be I like the etherealness of it. He could almost be singing the phone book and it wouldn't matter. I don't know. Right. I just it Yeah, no, I understand. It works. Uh that, that I there's much to like I think about that song, but in the end that motherfucker's singing it. Yeah. It's like it, it's it's one of those songs that needed to be put out there. He could write it, but somebody else needed to perform it. Perform it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And the Jody Watley, it sounded very 90s. Yeah, there's a weird smell coming in there. Yeah, okay, I'm like, we're, we're smelling electrical... Bur- burn, fire. Bur- yeah, some sort of electrical <laughs> burning of some sort. <clears throat> it's, com- it's probably coming It's coming from through garage. my window, it's wafting. <laughs> it's from the truck stop next door, probably. Probably, yeah. Um, yeah, it smells like brake fluid. <clears throat> uh, the Jody Watley thing... To me, sounds very 90s. The 90s! Oh, the 90s! Even though it was done in 2006. So, she's doing it in her lower register, which I really like from her voice. But it was the super slow... What would you say, Anita Baker? Uh, I said it just sounds like if Anita, Anita Baker made records in the 90s. I don't know if she did, but... I just yeah. think of her as an 80s thing. But, yeah, I mean, just like that adult contemporary... Thank you, adult contemporary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's a yawn to me. Yeah, it just slow. doesn't have any personality. It just I feel like that could just be anybody. Yeah. It's way too slow and she doesn't put her stink on it really. 
It could have been anybody. I mean, it's it's radically different from the Madonna version, but it's still kind of not a script. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Madonna wins. Yay! Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, song number three is Baby, I Need Your Lovin' apostrophe. And the original was done by the Four Tops from the album The Four Tops. Damn, that people, came... <laughs> people got some amazing album titles <laughs> Like on they this. couldn't think of anything. Uh, it came out in 1964, and the cover that I have is by Johnny Rivers, from the album called Rewind that came out in 1967. Tommy's favorite. Tommy's favorite. And his real name, which I did not know, I mean, Johnny Rivers does sound like a made-up name, his real name is John Henry Ramastella. Oh, damn. Ramastella. Well, Rivers is one of those names, kind of like Neil Diamond. It's like, it's like Neil Diamond sounds like a stage name. It's like, oh, well, no, Diamond is a Jewish name. name. I could see Rivers, and Rivers is a Jewish name. Yeah, exactly. So. Because looking at him, well, I remember when I was a kid, a lot of black people thought that he was black because of his voice and his swing and I've looked at all these pictures of him and it's kind of hard to tell he could just be a smarthy, uh, swarthy white guy or something going on but Ramastella it sounds Italian kind of yeah that's the thing I don't even know I have to look yeah, what that, that is yeah I'll have to google that uh, so the original it's Holland Dozier Holland excellence as sung by the four tops with the incredible Levi Stubbs on lead vocal. You can't touch that. And the Johnny Rivers, his charted higher than the Four Tops version, actually. Oh, so so the 50s hadn't quite left us yet. No. <laughs> even in 1967. Yeah, even in 67, when everybody was supposedly, you know... Over it. Yeah. Yeah, which I find interesting that it... Uh, that it charted higher. And for those of you who are not familiar with Johnny Rivers, he had a ton of hits in the 60s. Um, covers and songs that he wrote. Mountain of Love, Midnight Special, Seventh Son, The Poor Side of Town, and of course, Secret Agent Man, which we just recently talked about on your podcast. Right? Didn't we pick that? Didn't Tommy and I pick that song? Uh, I don't remember if you did. We talked about Johnny Rivers on our on our on our YouTube thing. Um, we were talking. Well, I chose "Poor Side of Town" as one of my songs, That's but it. maybe yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I remember. Yeah. So we're gonna listen to these and then come back with uh, a winner. Hmm. Baby, I need your love 
So, uh, four tops. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I honestly, I really like both. I like the Johnny Rivers version, but I mean, I like Johnny Rivers. Yeah. And I don't think there's a thing wrong with his version, but uh, yeah, I'm not going to choose it over the four tops. Tops, no way, man. Uh, yeah, it's so much better. Uh, all right, song number four is American Woman. <laughs> it gets better the next episode. <laughs> I, I repeat, it only could. <laughs> it only could. Uh, the original was done by the Guess Who from the album called American Woman. Oh, well, at least they put a fucking title on their album. Something. Uh, 1970. And that was the last album they did with Larry Bachman until they. With Randy Bachman? Uh, Larry, sorry. Larry, Larry oh, Bachman. His, his bro. His yo, bro. the bro. Yo, his bro, yo. Because Randy was Randy out was... at some point, too. Yeah. And that's when he went to form the great BTO. Oh, yes. Um, and then they reunited in 1983, and then he came back. Which I didn't know about. I didn't know they got back together in 1983. Yeah, I remember when they did, because I remember there was a commercial. There was a TV commercial, because they did a reunion album. Oh, wait album. a minute. That's my ride. <laughs> well, your ride comes by frequently. It does. I'm never here. Yes, missing me. Sorry. Go ahead. But no, there was a there was a TV commercial I used to see all the time in the '80s about them reuniting because they had done. I think they did a, one of those greatest hits live albums or something, and, oh, and oh. it was a commercial where they would show little bits of interviews like Burton Cummings. If anything, when we reunited in 1983, we were a better band in the summer of 83 than we were in the summer of 1969 or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah, just all this propaganda and shit. Yeah, I used to see it all the time. I don't remember that. Yeah. Where are they from? Canada. Oh, that's right. They are Canadian. Blame Canada. I forgot. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Hmm, weird. All right. And the cover is by Lenny Kravitz. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> from the album oh. called Five that came out in 1998. Ow, the 90s! So, uh, yeah. Everybody has heard American Woman, the original version. Although some people still haven't heard the version with the opening American Woman, gonna miss your mind, do 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 with the guitar lick thing. Um, which I find, in, well, it really doesn't surprise me, but where I grew up, they always played the whole intro and everything before the before the opening lick. I've heard both, but invariably I heard the, the edited one. Yeah. It was, you know, a little bit shorter. And, uh... I really... Yeah, Burton Cummings' voice is so great. Um, I like this song, but sometimes I hate it. Uh. Maybe because it's open overplayed. Yeah. For the most part, I think. Not a fan. It's oh no. I don't. Not at all. Uh, do you like the band, or just you just hate uh, the song? You know, I like some songs by them. You know, there's I like Undone. I love Undone. I the, like These Eyes, these but eyes. I'm fucking tired of Sick it. Sick of that. Yeah. But it's good. Yeah, it is good. Yeah, I think I don't know. But you know, then there's then they have some other crap like No Sugar Tonight. Night, oh, like that coffee. song sucks. No Sugar Tonight, Monty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No sugar. Oh, boy. All right. And the Lenny Kravitz cover, it won a Grammy for the best male rock vocal performance in 1999. Thus illustrating <laughs> the utter lack of rock and roll vocal performances <laughs> in 1999. Nine by men, yeah. By, yeah, by... <laughs> <laughs> the, the complete, the, the absolute dearth. Yeah. 
I want to look that up now and see who he was up against. Nobody. <laughs> yeah, could it be? It's, it sure as fuck wasn't Food Fighters because obviously they would have taken everything. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, so we're gonna listen to these and then do something. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> most definitely. Not Lenny Kravitz. Not Lenny Kravitz. All right, I'll say this. The original version, what I like about it is I like the hard drivingness of it, and I like the vocal. Uh, you know, it's guttural. He's straining a little bit. Nah, come on, don't get away from me. I. Mm. I think it's just because it's been overplayed that I don't really like it. Yeah, I think that's probably my problem with it, too. I think that I just hit the wall just profoundly with that song at some point, and I don't when it, don't know when it was, because I remember liking it as a kid when I heard it on the yeah. radio. Yeah. But then they're just... Suddenly one... I, it almost seems like just suddenly one day I thought about it and went, God, I hate that song. And I had never hated it before. <laughs> before yeah. Yeah, I, I, definitely from being overplayed. Because... If I don't hear it for a really long time and then I hear it, oh yeah, and then I don't need to hear uh, it again. No, no, I. Oh, you can't I, even. I'm, oh, I'm done. Like I, You're if out. I, if the next time I hear or even think about that song is ten years from now, I'm gonna be like, oh fuck, oh, fuck it. Ugh, yeah. You know. Um. Yeah, well, I'm trying to be nice here. So, <laughs> the Lenny Kravitz version. <clears throat> I will say this. I think that it was an interesting choice for a cover for him, sort of. And I understand what he was trying to do to make it funky, but it doesn't completely work. It falls flat. Because even it's the arrangement is is really spare, because it's just the the drums, and then he's doing uh 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 uh. 
mm, mm, mm. If you listen closely, sometimes you it's deep in the don't mix. hear it right in there. Yeah, um, it's a good striptease song. I'll say that, but that's mm. about it. So, two more losers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, song number five is called "Angel from Montgomery." Uh. And the original was done by John Prine from the album John Prine in 1971. Wow! It, it, this, this was not. Was this planned? <laughs> no, it just. It, it's, the, it's the all self-titled album specials. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I don't know why it's so weird. Um, and I have two covers: John Denver from his album Farewell Andromeda in 1973 and Bonnie Raitt from her album called Streetlights in 1974 and this song surprising to me has been covered by a zillion people I didn't realize it was that popular Tanya Tucker Mystery Girls Ben Harper Dave Matthews Band Susan Tedeschi John Mayer and countless others Hmm. and I could see why those people would cover it right there's, there's, there aren't any out of out of pocket things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no punk rock version. Yeah, right. Thank you. <laughs> Which I was looking for. <sighs> um, so the original, it's a good song, and he, he has a good vocal, but it throws me because it's this gravelly voiced dude singing about being an old woman, <laughs> and it kind of takes me out of it a little bit. Yeah. Um, Bonnie Raitt. I think is perfection because she could have written that song it could be about her um especially being a woman in the music industry in the rock and roll industry and you know being alone and dealing with all kinds of crazy shit trying to escape her circumstances yeah it was really good and the john denver version again it's a guy singing this song but it's so John Denver. <laughs> like, he can't do anything else but right. John Denver. It's just uh, him just sounding friendly singing on a mountain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I can almost hear, ah, Calypso. The, yeah, in the background. <laughs> yeah. So, we're going to listen to these and then come back with the winner.
weren't much to look at Just a free rambling man But that was a long time No matter how I tried The years just flowed by Like a broken down dam Make me an angel That flies from Montgomery I can hear them there buzzing And I ain't done nothing Since I woke up today How the hell can a person Go to work in the morning And come home in the evening And have nothing to say So, to me, Bonnie Raitt wins. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, actually, you know who loses out of all these for me? John, John Prine. John Prine, yeah. Yeah, because I kind of like the John Denver version better. Yeah, I do. John Prine, he sounds like Bob Dylan, sort of. Right. And with those R's, and I don't. the arrangement is not good to me. It feels like a demo. I don't know. It's just, it's not good. And John Denver, like I said, is John Denver. He sounded like he was in a cave with an acoustic <laughs> guitar. <laughs> that was it. There was so much echo in there. Um, but I liked it. But Bonnie Raitt, hands down, even though she was not an old woman at that time in 1974. She was closer to it than either John Prine or John Denver. <laughs> or, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. And R.I.P. John Prine, who died from COVID-19 recently. And R.I.P. John Denver, who... Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. forgot about John Denver. And keep going strong, Bonnie Raitt. She's out on tour now, I think. Oh, is she? With a new record. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I didn't even know. Yeah, I saw her on The View or something recently. Somewhere. All right. Song number six. Last song. <laughs> it's Bell Bottom Blues. And the original is done by Derek and the Dominoes. <laughs> uh, featuring my hero. Featuring our hero, Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton. Um, <clears throat> from the album Layla and Other Assorted Love Songs, a double album that came out in 1970. And I have two covers for this. 
The first cover is by Cher. Oh, shit, really? From her album. Is that album? from the 2500 Jackson or whatever the fuck? <laughs> Streeter or whatever it's called. Um, oh, no, that's... That's Jackson 5. That's Jackson 5. But she, no, she has a record that kind of has the same title or a title like that that's like an address. Oh, really? No, this one is from the album called Stars. It came out in 1975. It's oh. a very little-known record. I don't know this. I've never heard of this record. Like, if you go to anywhere, Apple Music or something, and you type in Share and, like, let me see all of her albums, sometimes they don't even post it put it up there yeah interesting um and then yeah oh sorry oh sorry excuse me i'm sorry i'm yawning i'll have to cut that out you know shares just boring me this all the share talk (laughs) such a snooze and the second cover is by matthew sweet and Susanna hoffs from their album called under the covers volume two that came out in 2009 Paul is giving me the stink eye. No, I, you know, <laughs> I'm a Matthew Sweet fan, but I, I have no interest in that particular yeah. volume two or volume one. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> no volumes, please. Yes, volume none. <laughs> volume none. Uh, all right. So the song was written by Eric Clapton and Bobby Whitlock, and it is about Eric Clapton pining away for George Harrison's wife, Patty Boyd. What was so great about Patty Boyd? Well, she was vapid. Could it be that? Could it be... Like, was she that great in the sack? Why is everybody fighting over her? Especially these two. Well, that's just it. I mean, to your average guy, I could see why it's like, holy shit. But, I mean, these are guys... Who could get any chick they want. Yeah. And, like, hotter than her. Not to say that she's not hot. But I just find it strange. Yeah, why is it that important that he has to go after his best friend's wife? Wife. That's fucked up. That's well, another he, but he's Eric Clapton. He didn't give Eric a fuck. Eric Clapton's a scumbag. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> we're going to listen to these three and, and pick a winner. <laughs>
Ah, so, yeah, so the, the share album I was thinking of was 3614 Jackson Highway. Oh, where the hell it's is that? a picture of her with just a bunch of randos standing in front of some building. But uh, it's from 69. Jackson Highway. But uh, anyway, and yeah, and I looked up the Stars album you were talking about, and I... I don't Never. recognize that cover. I don't think I've ever seen it. Seen it? Yeah, I remember seeing it in a record store a million years ago when maybe junior high school or something in the mid '70s. But um, it's not on Apple. It's not on Spotify. It's not anywhere. I mean, this is a YouTube video. Hmm. So I'm wondering, and also I want to know who that band is. I want to know who is playing. Um, are we are we on? We're on. We're going. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, the Matthew Sweet and Suzanne Haas. It basically sounds like a Matthew Sweet record with chirpy ass Suzanne Haas on yeah. vocals. Because uh, I love the guitar, I like the music, but her vocal, she wor- works my nerves with that breathy. Right, and I could just imagine the video. It'd be all shots of her doing the eye thing. Yes, showing you how she has big Walk eyes. Walk like an Egyptian. Yes. <laughs> I really hate that. Oh, yeah. oh, oh my yeah. god. We'll be talking about oh. Walk Like Egyptian. Walk Like an Egyptian <laughs> later on on our Singles of the Year videos. <laughs> yes. It will be coming up. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, so I like I like Matthew Sweet, but her vocal, I can't take it. The Cher thing, ni- that's 1975 Cher. Yeah. I mean, oh, you can't get more share than that. That's a share as it gets. That's a share as it gets. <laughs> and I do really enjoy the Derek and the Dominoes original version. I mean, I wish he wasn't singing. Right. But I do like the I do like it. It's one of the few things I like that he sings. So that's your choice? Is the original? I know it's painful to ch- actually painful. choose Eric Clapton. Yeah, I have to I gotta choose the original. Well I choose share. <laughs> oh what? Wow. Okay. I mean, I, I'm not really into the share version, yeah. but I mean, it's like, well, you know, <laughs> six of one, half a dozen of the other. Yeah. Which one would I least be rushing to turn off? Ah, uh, the share one. The share. <laughs> you let that run for like three minutes and yeah, before you cut no. it off. But Derek okay. the Domino's click. Well, like you said, it's just share doing share, and yeah. it's basically share epitomizing share. Right. Well, which is okay blues. because I like share. She tried to get up in her upper register. Oh. Oh. I love it. All right. So, yeah, for me, Derek and the Dominoes, it's share for Paul. All right. So, that is the end of episode number 33. Wow. 33. Uh, thank you for listening. Please leave comments. And follow and tell your friends and all that fun stuff. And uh, we'll be back soon with episode number 34. Happy motoring! Wow, 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 wow.